I'd like to welcome everybody back to another episode of the House of Bricks, where we are teaching people to use life's experiences like bricks. You can either carry them with you or lay them down to build a strong foundation. And every experience in life is an opportunity for growth. And as you know, we featured some amazing guests, top CEOs, professional athletes, Super Bowl champions, NBA champions, top keynote speakers, and doctors changing the landscape of healthcare. And today I have a very special guest that I can't wait to get into some of the detail here uh, today. We're going to talk about chicken dancing and fail fluencing, which words I've never heard before, but you'll get the concept pretty quickly. So Aaron, I'd like to welcome you to the House of Bricks. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here and I'm here to talk about all those things and more. Whatever, Wherever we go, I'm there for it. Well, be careful when you say that because I do like to ask difficult questions, but we won't start there. I have enjoyed watching some of your reels on Instagram. They're out of the box. And I actually saw the one where you were thinking out of the box and literally getting out of a box. Yeah, box. Yes. yes. So yes. Uh, what I love about your content is it takes some of the seriousness out of being an entrepreneur. So everyone's talking about grinding every day. And we were talking about getting up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., cold pools and saunas and torturing yourself. Well, you kind of bring a, a different dynamic, which seems to be what the world needs right now is to enjoy the journey of being an entrepreneur, journey of being in business. So for our audience that doesn't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my God. Well, that's so awesome. Thank you for going down that rabbit hole. And um, also know that I have a cold plunge that I was Instagram. It was an Instagram ad. I was I was scouted by Instagram. The algorithm got me in my garage. I have this cold plunge that has not been put up yet. So I, I have not I have not gotten into the cold plunge phase of entrepreneurship yet, but I have one. It's in the box. So I'm outside of the box. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I am a Phil fluencer as it's what I call myself. I am a CEO of a professional development company called Improve It that uses improv comedy to train leaders and teams on soft skills. We call them power skills, but to most people, they're called soft skills. And yeah, I'm a podcast host. I also, I love podcasting. I love building community. And more recently, I'm a new author. And so all of this journey, throughout this entire journey, I feel like I've really leaned into my calling. I have fought it at many different times, but I am in a place right now where I feel the most aligned and in alignment with my assignment, so to speak. But through the journey, I'm really cognizant of enjoying it because, you know, there's this quote that I love, enjoy the journey. You'll never be satisfied with the destination. And I find that to be true. Every time I achieve a goal, I'm on to the next one. And so for me, every year I set an intention, a one-word intention for the year. And my one-word intention for 2024 is play. I was an improviser who wasn't improvising for a while. I was just talking. I was talking the talk. I wasn't walking the walk. And I spent the majority of my life playing. And I stopped playing. And so I'm really leaning back into that 
as I go into this year. I had a couple of healing journeys that I went on over the past couple of years. And I needed to do that work to get to this place. And now that I feel like I have used the bricks, if you will, to overcome many obstacles, they were there. They were lessons that I had to learn and had to be a part of my life. But I've built that foundation. And now I'm like, let's play within that foundation. So it sounds like you've reached a great point, but you obviously didn't start there. And it's really that magical moment when your passion can also become your profession, which is what I'm doing now. I've been an entrepreneur for over two decades now, inspiring and coaching and leading other entrepreneurs and having my podcast and great guests like you to come and share their stories because those stories will inspire other people wherever they are. So we understand you're in a great place now, but how did you get there? Like what were some of the challenges you had to overcome and what were you doing before that led to this new venture? So I started the business 10 years ago and I started it from this place of, it it really felt like a calling. Like if I didn't do this, it would be the biggest regret of my life. I had no business degree. I had never started a business before. I just had a passion and a will. As an improviser, I was in Chicago. I wasn't on the main stages. I wasn't being flown to SNL to, to audition with Lauren Michaels, like some people on my team. I had a lot of limiting beliefs to get over when it came to starting a business using improv as the teaching tool. And that limiting beliefs wasn't in the business world. I felt like I knew how to build relationships, but I was more concerned with the improv community and what they would think of me as this person starting this business. And now, fortunately, that that limiting belief has been rewritten. I feel really confident in the team that we've built. Where the real transformation happened was, um, just on a personal note, my husband and I were having a huge problem with fertility. I went through a a long battle with infertility. And so it took three years to have my miracle baby boy that is now four and a half years old. We were talking about before we hit record. Um, Through that time, our business was expanding and we had this 85-page growth plan. I, I graduated from the 10,000 Small Business Program from Goldman Sachs. We were executing against it. It was beautiful. I had this miracle baby, came back to work. And then it was March of 2020 when my entire in-person business hmm. had no digital presence and completely went under. And I'm talking about this 85-page growth plan was ripped to shreds because it was all about expanding markets in person regionally. So we had to reinvent ourselves in a digital space. During the same time, my mom, who was like my rock, had a stroke and literally almost died. So it was this huge amount of personal and professional life colliding. And during this time, I just disassociated myself from all of it. I ran myself into the ground, burning myself out with work, pivoting the business. And I developed chronic pain. And through that pain that sat with me for two years, it was in my back and my shoulders. I mean, it was crippling. I would cry myself to sleep most nights because I couldn't get rid of this pain and no one could diagnose it. 
I finally discovered a book called When the Body Says No by this man, Gabor Mate. I read the book. I realized I had all of these unprocessed emotions that I had never dealt with. And so I went through about a four-month journey of meditating. I meditate every day, but just really spending a lot of time in meditation, journaling, therapy, healing coaches, and came out the other side realizing that my life was completely wrong. I, my priorities were absolutely incorrect. I had prioritized the wrong things. I had not processed any of the emotions that I went through or the deep-rooted parts of those emotions. And so through that healing journey, our business started to expand again because uh, people came back from the pandemic and they started to do back-in-person events. It was all great. Things were going great. And then I had another healing transformation, and I can get into that, but that was in the form of a brain injury. So... It was a it was a self-guided journey of healing that led me to this beautiful place that was all through 2022 and 2023 I thought okay this is going to be our best year yet and 2023 from from January through May of that year I was so in alignment with myself the business was flowing we were doing great things I wrote a book in 5 months and then the universe literally hit me over the head because I had a concussion that lasted. I had post-concussion syndrome for four months that told me, again, if you don't slow down, if you don't live in flow, if you don't change the way that you show up every day, we're going to do something else. Like we want you to listen. And so finally, I can sit here today and say that I have transformed my nervous system. I've transformed the way that I show up to my team, the way I show up for myself, more importantly, and it has shifted everything in our business. No, well, first of all, you, you never want to go through difficult times, but for our listeners out there, you may be in a worse situation or going through different levels of trauma or adversity and other people, they're not experiencing that level. But what I always tell people is, your problems and challenges are real to you. So whatever yeah. you're going through uh, is really an opportunity for growing. It's not, the struggles are what produce the growth. And what are some of the things that you did that are practical? Because there's a lot of people that go through that type of adversity and don't end up in the place that you are. You, you put in the work, uh, you've obviously ended up in a great place, but are, are there anything practical tools that you can tell people that are struggling, they want to quit, they want to give up, things aren't going their way? What, what, what is something they can do? Yeah. So I actually created my own sort of acronym, if you will, that I use to help people through this. And I call it the move on method. Okay. And I'm going to go through each one of those letters because they each stand for something. But when you find yourself in this place of extreme lows and you don't know how to get yourself out, the first thing that I always suggest is to marinate. So the M and move on is marinate. It is literally not a steak. Marination does not happen overnight. Okay, this takes time. So sit with your emotions. Ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? 
journal. If you have a therapist or a, an advisor that you go to, chat with someone else about it. But sit and really think about the situation at hand. The O, this is my most favorite and I will say the most important part. The O and move on stands for own it. And that means take ownership for your part in what happened. Don't blame other people. And then here's the most important part is to forgive yourself for that. Because we are all human beings trying to figure out life. We're going to make mistakes. It's a part of the plan. And then the V is verify the lessons learned. So what are the two to three things that you're going to take with you from this experience? The E, this is also extremely important, evaluate your next steps. What are the two to three action items that you're going to do next? Now that you've learned, what's the next thing you're going to do? The O and move on stands for um. And that is literally sitting with everything that you just processed again. So you marinate, you own it, you verify the lessons learned, you evaluate the next steps, you sit with that information because the in is the next failure or the next thing that's going to happen because there's going to be ups and downs. And that's just a part of life. It is through those hard times that we learn the most. And it's up to us to carry that lesson forward. So that move on method is really the methodology that I use to describe my own healing journey from that low that I had in 2020 to 2022, which I call the three P's. I was in, uh, I was people pleasing, I was pivoting, and I was in pain. I also use that same methodology to go through a brain injury and to heal myself through that experience as well. And I hope anybody listening wrote that down, takes it with them, because all of those steps really make such a difference in the way you show up, especially for yourself. I feel like I'm back in high school with all the acronyms, and I also feel left out because I don't have any yet. So I need to <laughs> come up with some acronyms to help people remember what it is that I'm saying and what we're trying to teach people. So uh, those are very good tools. And my takeaway from listening to you is that life is filled with peaks and valleys, right? And when you get to the peak, you don't learn very much. Uh, Steve Jobs said that success is a horrible teacher and it gives you false confidence and you're not really learning when you're succeeding, but it's in the failing uh, that you really get the tools in that valley experience to climb your next mountain. So life is filled with peaks and valleys. And what you said about marinating, first of all, made me hungry because I didn't get a chance to eat breakfast. Talking <laughs> about steak sounds really good right now, a little steak and eggs. But the uh, yeah. the marinating point, being in the microwave culture, instant instant gratification. This level of transformation, you can't read it in a book. You can't just talk about it for a day, but it sounds like you and I are aligned in the consistency over time is really what's going to make the change. Like transformation, you don't just wake up one day and decide to be transformed. This is something I've also learned through 20 years of marriage is that women and men are different and how they process their emotions. Guys, we just kind of, yep, off the list. 
And my wife has the memory of an elephant where she can remember every detail of everything and they're all kind of mixed together, feelings, facts, emotions. Vanessa, I still love you. Please don't. <laughs> I don't want to come home to my suitcases on the front door. But this is a good thing. These are things that we've worked through and grown. So it's really good to, to lay it out in, in that perspective, you know, marinating, owning it, taking responsibility, and, and just understanding that everyone is going to make mistakes. Everyone's going to go through challenges. And I say this a lot, and I'm going to say it again, because people need to hear your situation is real to you. You may not be uh, facing the level of challenges of someone else, but it doesn't mean that they're not challenges and that you shouldn't work to overcome them. So this is really good advice. And I'm actually learning some things here as well, uh, which I try to do every day is learn something new. I got to get to this part because I just keep looking at my notes and <laughs> I want to talk about it. So great. We're all healed. We're transformed. Now I want to get into the chicken dance. Like, <laughs> what, what, what's that all about? I love this transition. Yeah. I love this. Now that right, we're, all, we're healed, we're good. Yeah. I love it. Um, that's the guy that is, in me, right? That's, that's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. No. Yeah. Well, so once you heal, you can start chicken dancing. And it's a really great form of therapy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, chicken dancing is, so, you know, my claim to fame is that I've, helped over 36,000, probably more than that now, that was last year's number, people learn how to express themselves through chicken dancing. Let's say that. This was something that was born when I first started our business. I wanted a tool in our workshops where we could get people engaged, but we could also call them back because improv uses a lot of activities and it's a lot of experiential learning. So I wanted something that would bring people back together, but would also guide them out of their comfort zones. And as I was sitting at my kitchen table developing this workshop, I happened to remember that I had a chicken hat in my little, like, my, I, I'm an actor, I'm an improviser, so I have a prop spin at all times in my prop spin behind me. So I was like, oh, well, what if we pass this chicken hat around and anytime we say the word improv, we, we pass the chicken. Like that was it, right? So we did one of my first workshops. People loved it. You could wear the hat. It was this chicken with legs and sneakers that it was an actual hat. I've got a chicken hat guy. It's a whole thing. Long story short, one of my improvisers said, well, why don't we, he yes-anded me, which is a big term in improv. Why don't we also, when we pass the chicken hat, whenever we say the word improv, why don't we chicken dance? So that started in 2014 and literally up until 2020, we had a chicken hat in our workshop. So when we passed it, we would chicken dance. Whoever ends up with the chicken hat at the end of the workshops is the improv chicken champion. They get a gift card. They get all this praise and accolades. We've had clients make t-shirts and trophies out of the chicken champion. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Long story short, 2020, we decided to get rid of the chicken hat because of germs. So now we just chicken dance. But okay. I do have... Adam, above me right here in this in this little studio, I have a bin filled with about 20 chicken hats and uh, RIP, but the chicken dance still remains. Well, I will send you one of these collector items, House of Bricks mugs in exchange for 
The chicken hat. A chicken hat? Yeah. I'll send you a chicken hat. I, I, you I can think have that would go hat. nicely with me on my next podcast. So <laughs> it, it's great to use, again, just that outside of the box thinking. It, it gets people to have fun. I'm a very serious person. I love discipline, accountability. I love to drive hard. So one of the things I'm trying to do is, is have more fun. And since you are an improv person, I'm going to ask you a little trivia question. Yeah, what do. do you call a belt with a clock as a buckle? Belt with a clock as a buckle. A waste of time. Whoa. Oh Did my I do gosh. That? You got it. I, that's unreal. Yes. yes. So I love dad one. jokes. I tell them to my kids. I never thought I'd be that dad. And I love telling them jokes and they tell me how bad they are, but. They'll remember them someday. It keeps They'll it They'll remember them. They'll tell their kids, you're doing the right thing, you know? Wow, that's a good one. I actually really like that, that one. That was when good. You said, Thank you. And you got good. it right. And we did not practice I, this, anyone that's listening. No. So this is our first conversation. So you're running around doing the chicken dance. And I, I see some of your clients, and we're talking Fortune 500 companies, big companies, adults putting chicken hats on and dancing how did you get the confidence to do that? Because people do come up with out of the box ideas and they have that fear factor of not wanting to implement them or seeming unprofessional. What, what gave you the guts to do it? That is a really good question. You know, what's funny. I did not even know I had confidence until my wedding day when my best friend gave a speech and was like, where does she get this insane amount of confidence? Like that was part of the speech. You know, when you don't see yourself in a certain way, but other people. So that was the first time I realized that that was a perception. Um, for me, I think I loved improv so much. It changed my life. I was doing improv while I was doing business development at a recruiting firm. And so I was using, I was literally taking everything from the stage and applying it into my professional life. And I was the case study for how it can improve you. I was the case study for how it could change you as a professional because it shifted me and how I communicated. My listening improved. I was able to think more quickly on my feet. I was more present in conversations. So because I believed in it so much, I knew that I could help other people. And I was actually given the opportunity to first create a workshop from one of my clients at the recruiting firm, which happened to be United Airlines. Yeah. So I was able to pilot, pun intended, my program to them. And when I saw the transformation of the participants, because what happens when you use improv as a teaching tool is it takes away that hypothetical mask that we all wear to work. We're all on the same playing field. So we have an intern and a CEO in the same room. And yes, we know your title, but for those two hours, we're human beings. We're playing, we're in play. And when you actually use laughter as a teaching tool, it changes your brain. It physically changes your brain patterns. So it removes those limiting beliefs. So for me, the confidence came from seeing, trying it out, Seeing the transformation, knowing that I could create a safe space for people to be their highest version of themselves and to experience what I want to teach them through play, 
witnessing the feeling because it is such an experiential thing, I knew I had something. I knew that this was going to work. And so it was an insane belief in feeling that feeling for myself, but also watching it in other people that I knew if people weren't into it, it wasn't my fault. It was their own limiting beliefs holding them back. We have a saying in improv, if you're not having fun, I don't know if I can swear on your show. Can I swear? I'll say, I'll PG, I'll PG. Okay. You're the jerk, okay? If you're not having fun, Now your name you're calling me, I'd rather just swear instead of calling me names. Okay. <laughs> I'm All a right. jerk now. Oh, no. Adam, you're the a-hole, okay? There you go. You're the a-hole. Right. That's, Got it. That's what people, we say on stage, if you're not having fun with your scene partners, it's your choice. And so that's, it's like being at a party, and choosing to not engage or laugh, that's what it's like using improv as a teaching tool. And so the confidence came from knowing that it works and witnessing it time and time again and believing that if pe- if everyone could use it or take an improv class, I truly believe that we would have a different world because the characteristics of a great improviser make up the characteristics of a great human. No, I appreciate that. And a couple takeaways from what you said, right, is that people, you're, you're never 100% confident. You're never 100% ready. So why not be 50% ready and start? Because the more you move forward, the more progress you're obviously going to make and you'll make more progress. It creates an energy, that action that helps you continue to, to move forward. So it's just keeping your mindset focused on you're never going to reach the top of the mountain. When you do, you're disappointed anyway. So get out there, test, fail, learn, repeat, and you continue to, to grow as a person and in your profession. And so you're, you're doing the chicken dance deal. And uh, I loved the uh, pilot pun as well. So a lot of people are sitting on the runway. This is just going to turn into a second city skit right now because that's what's going on here. We're going to have our I own. I love it. Take, take me through the metaphor. Take, I'm visualizing. You okay, got it. here I go. A lot of people I'm are here. sitting on the runway and they're waiting for that plane to take off and it just never does. So you can't get to your destination if you don't get in the air. And I just want to encourage our listeners out there and entrepreneurs, parent, any area of life. If you want progress, you have to take action. That's It's as simple as that. And uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you too, so uh, in terms of being a female entrepreneur, uh, do you view that you've faced different challenges, like even gaining respect in some of these larger organizations? And then you're coming in even with this playful spirit, like, did you have any doubts that they would take you seriously? Do you think you know, it was different being a female entrepreneur versus a male. If you could talk to some of that. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk to it, but I have to add on to your metaphor. It's the improviser in me. I have to yes and you just sure. really quick. And then I will talk to that. So not only when you're in the air, okay, let's, let's get back to the metaphor. We're in the air. You're in the air. There's going to be turbulence, expect turbulence, expect bumpy rides, but know that if you trust the pilot, which is yourself, you will, you can, you can go anywhere. You can go across the world. You can change lives in that airplane. So anyway, had to get that out because I was, I was really following that metaphor. 
Um, but as a female entrepreneur, okay, I want to just, I want to, I want to think this through as I am saying things out loud because I've never considered it an issue. I just have it. And that might come from this confidence that I was told that I have. I actually see it as an opportunity. When you break it down, we're all souls living in bodies. We're all people. We're all human beings. And let's just say, yes, the majority of the business world is white male, right? Like that's the majority of business. Because my business is so different and because what we do matters and can bring people together. It's such a community builder. It is such a unifier. I've always looked at every situation as an opportunity to change someone's mind. And when I change their mind, it's like they have their own internal aha moment. And if I can be a catalyst to that, I've done my job. And so I've sat in boardrooms when I'm the only female, or but my team is also all female. So we show up. My internal team is all female. My my facilitators, we have a variety of people. When we show up, it's just, again, knowing and believing that what we do works. And it's matching our, our frequency with the frequency of that client as well. So if we don't think that we're a match for them, if we're like, listen, they are not going to be open-minded enough to try this. Like, this might not be the best match. I'm happy to part ways because I can't I can't change their mind because that is years and years of baggage that I have no access to. But if somebody has just a little bit, gives me an itch, I'm going to take a mile to help open their mind to the transformation of what this could do. And I've only seen my feminine side. And there's all this, you know, feminine and masculine leadership energy talk these days, which I'm really into, which really feminine energy is leading with less control and more empathy and more flow. And I feel like people find it really refreshing. No, it's that's great. And I, I love the mindset. Like I, no matter what you're doing, your profession, there's always going to be a reason that you can find that you don't want to move forward or you're not successful, but there's roadblocks in anything and building anything great is messy. So you just have to start the process, get out there. Uh, your situation is your situation and everyone has their level of adversity that they have to walk through. And in addition to writing a book, improve it. You also have a podcast as well, are you still pot? You're still doing that. How's mm-hmm. that going for you? And what's the podcast topic? And yeah, it's called the Improve It Podcast. So very, very aligned with the brand. We have had a wonderful year of of growth. We have charted in the U.S. many times in the career category. We have been fortunate enough to just continue to find people who believe in the work that we do. We use improv as sort of the through line, but we talk about everything. I mean, we talk every month. We have a monthly intention for the show. And then we align guests and solo shows surrounding that theme. We've talked about everything from magnetic cultures to stepping into your power to flow to self-love. And we just really take 
what we are feeling called to talk about. And we weave in our, our improv components to it and give people tangible tips and takeaways rooted in improv from every show. But it's really this through line of improving yourself every single day, being a better human, being a better leader, showing up as you and leaning into that frequency. Well, it's good. I tell people you need a constant renewing of your mind because we're programmed by society and just human natural instinct is to be afraid and find reasons why self-preservation. That's how we're designed and naturally made. And so the more you can renew your mind listening to podcasts like yours and reading your book, it's just that constant reminder. And again, giving yourself that new mindset, you need to renew your mind every day because we're taking in so much negative information. And we're, like I said, programmed or predispositioned to be afraid or self-preserve. So I did check out one episode and I'm going to check out more of them with the improve it program. So you were doing in person, give us like the practicals of what improve it, prove it is and how people can learn more about it. Oh, thank you. Well, so we have 10 different, what we call power skill training modules. You can do them in person or you can do them virtually. And so it's not only a live experience, you get pre-work, which is a funny comedic three to four minute video from our team telling you how not to do the skill that we're about to train you on. So you get insight into who we are. We also poll our participants because we want to know their challenges and what they're hoping to get out of it before we come in. Before we come in, we also do something called a laugh break, which is a 20 minute interval in a team meeting. So we get people together over Zoom and we show them what short form improv is over Zoom. So they get to know what improv is before we come in and train them. So then we go in and it's either a virtual session or an in-person session where we do this live training. It can range from anything like effective communication, presentation skills, team building, leadership. So we have 10 different skills that we train on. And then afterwards we have a three-week e-learning course built in conjunction with everything we do We had a lot of clients say, we love this experience. We had this great conversation with our team. How can we continue it? And the e-learning course was the answer to that problem. And you can find us at learntoimproveit.com. And also we're on Instagram at learntoimproveit. And I'm on Instagram at it's Aaron Deal. Having having fun now with some sketch comedy. It's good stuff. If you want something different, like I said, I spent some time on yesterday and this morning watching your reels. So I did enjoy it. Uh, and spelling your last name is D I E H L, but for everyone listening, we'll put it in the show notes and links and all that where they can find you. And, uh, I did have one more question for you is why do people never trust Adams? Oh, why do people never trust Adams? Oh, okay. Are you saying Adams, like A-D-A-M, like you? A-T-O-M. Or A-T-O-M. Something sell. I don't know. Tell me. Because they make up everything. Ah, yes. that's a good one. That that's a good, good one. So, that was good. That was good. If this doesn't work out, I'm going to hit the uh, stand-up tour. So listen, we'll add you as a facilitator. You could be a, an improve it facilitator. I'd love to. I'd love to. 
Well, uh, I appreciate you being on today. So again, we'll have all the ways for people to find you. Uh, it's improveit.com, I believe, right? Is, learn is, to improve it. Yeah. Learn to learn. improve it.com is your website. They'll find you on Instagram. People are very skilled at social stalking. So if people want to find you, they will certainly do it. And we'll have all of that in our show notes. So as we wrap up here today, if you could just give one piece of advice of people, how to use their experiences for them, what would that be? Mm. I think it's an activity that I use frequently that has an improv component to it called new choice. So anytime you start to go down the negative train with an experience that may have been traumatizing or may not have been a great experience for you and you start telling yourself limiting thoughts or limiting negative beliefs, this is an activity we use in improv called new choice. You clap, you say new choice, you forgive yourself for that limiting belief. And then you reframe it with a kinder, more loving, positive thought instead. So if it was like, man, I really sucked on this show today. New choice. Aaron, you showed up as you, and that is the best that you could give. And I'm going to forgive myself for that negative thought. It really works. It's a reframe. And the more that you live in this good, kind, well, this stream of well-being, essentially, the more positive vibes you give internally, the more positive thoughts you think yourself, that will transform the words that you speak and the actions that you take. So new choice is a tool I would love to give to your audience today. And, and I think the clap is important. Like Physical movement does create energy and a, a reset. I see Tony Robbins. He's obviously the pioneer of all of the science. Uh, he was doing it before the science backed it, but all the energy that you can create by just moving your body or resetting. So I think that's really solid advice for us. So Aaron, I want to thank you for bringing some laughter to the house of bricks. Sometimes I'm too serious and I need to have more fun too. So I was even rattling off some dad jokes. Didn't have so that. Good. In, wasn't in my script, but that was, I just felt the freedom to do that with you. And I think good. that was, that was good. So all right, Aaron. Well, thank you very much for being on the House of Bricks. Thank you, Adam. It was my pleasure. Keep telling dad jokes. Thank you. <laughs>